0: Hey everybody! This is Vaughn Kohler, and you're listening to the MF CEO Project. Tight pants, loofah, hair product—is that what it means to be a man? Nah. Our guest today is Ryan Mickler of Order of Man, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today: what it means to be a dude. That's today's podcast. Brace yourselves.
1: What's up, guys? Here's are to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy, and I am the motherfucking CEO. I'm here with my co-host Von Kohler, with a nice polished dome. What's up? Yeah. How, you just shaved that today, or what? I did. I shaved it
0: this morning, very early this morning. It looks like it. Thanks. It's nice and shiny. Yeah. We just I also, I also shaved, you know, my beard because it wasn't really going anywhere, dude. I don't know. I thought it was going well. You thought so? Yeah, I thought
1: it was. Uh, it oh. was. It added like at least five points to your manliness. All
0: right. Well, I might try it again. Which this. is funny because yeah. that's
1: what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into like the subject of this podcast, I just want to talk a little bit about what we did this past weekend. We went up into uh, Utah, Park City, spoke at the Sundance Film Festival. Um, First of all, to any of you guys that came out, because it was a packed house, a standing room only, I had a ton of people come up, and they're like, dude, I listen to the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I had people come, we had people come from Chicago, from Oklahoma, from Canada, um, from Boston, all the way to Utah to see to see the uh, Revolution Tour event that I did with Sean Whalen, that are all avid listeners of the podcast. I, I, I probably have... Forty or fifty people come up and talk about the podcast. And guys, if you guys made that trip, spent your money uh, to come see me, uh, thank you so much. It was a very, very humbling experience, and I appreciate each and every one of you. If I didn't get a chance to uh, talk to you directly, um, I apologize. It was my intention to try to get around and talk to everybody, but it was just—it was a hectic, chaotic. Uh, night but it was also a ton of fun so thank you so much for coming out
0: yeah it's hard to uh, describe that whole event without using cliches um but it was just it was just amazing it was really the the energy in the room between you and Sean it was uh and 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 just the venue being personal and and just everything about it uh and I it was the first time since seventh grade I've been in Utah so it was Salt Lake Salt Lake is cool Utah is beautiful yeah I
1: mean if you're you're out there in Utah consider yourself lucky I mean I look around Missouri, you know, here and there a couple times a year, you know, like um, in the fall, it gets really pretty. Um, When it snows, it's really pretty. But, I mean, to have that beautiful lake and then the mountains on the other side and, and, you know, just don't take that for granted. Spend the time to look around and realize how how blessed you are to live in that area because it is just absolutely beautiful. I told like three or four people that from Utah and they're like, really? I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. You don't know how good you have it. Yeah. So, um, are we going to do a question a day? Well,
0: we are, but I I have to tell you that I have a personal agenda item that I'd like to bring up. Is you that have okay? a personal agenda. Yes, I do. Um, so, uh, first of all, let me ask you a question. Would you be, Would you consider writing out a check right now to me for twenty thousand dollars? No. Okay. Well, apparently. My association with you cost me twenty thousand dollars. How's that? Because within the last two or three months I had a pretty high level client that was going to go with me to, to work, you know, help help him put together a book. And then he did a little research on me and apparently was offended by the level of cursing and and questioned my actual faith commitment because I would be part of a part of a, a project, an MF CEO project, that had such vile cursing. So Hey man, look, if you, if you're that delicate that
1: you can't look past a couple F-bombs here and there right. to find a real message, uh, I really doubt your ability to be successful yeah, on this earth. Absolutely. So, so I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard I would, time. I, I, would I actually be, kind of thought I, was I would actually funny. look at that as a blessing Yeah. because the reality is, is if you have to put your name on a project, that's going to be that sterile that they can't even look past that kind of a message. Um, you know, it wasn't going to be successful anyway.
0: Right. So exactly. whoever it was, yeah. you know,
1: grow the fuck up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but so no $20,000? dollars i buy you a vodka. All right. Yeah. Well, you've already done that. Yeah. But, okay. But uh, are you making that up? No, no, I'm totally serious. <laughs> Damn, I'm dude, totally that's serious. crazy. It is crazy. Hey. And I actually, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, it is but, what it is, you know, man. You know, uh,
1: here's the thing about business that people don't realize. You know, everybody feels like they have something to say. We talked about this at dinner last night. Um, you know, everybody feels like they have something to say and they want to come on and they want to talk. But the reality is if you're just going to fucking say the same thing over and over and over again, that other people have said a million times before you the same way that everybody said it, you're not going to gain an audience and you're not going to be successful. So that person, I would say to them, um, that they have a lot to learn about what it takes to build an audience and what it takes to get people engaged into content because, and it's not the curse words that, that people are attracted to me for that's just something that's just icing on the cake. Let's face it. Right. You know, but the reality is, is that, um, people don't understand that, you know, the more you polarize and the more you stand for something, uh, the more of an engaged audience you build. Right. You know, and if you're just going to pump out the same old generic content, which it sounds like this person probably was going to. Right. Um, you know the book would have failed anyway, and he would have blamed you.
0: Right. Well, I mean, and the other thing about that is, is, is to listen to the podcast and only hear the curse words. It's like you're not really listening. Like you're not. You're. you're I mean, let's be message. real, man. How
1: does everybody talk when they're away? When they're when they're outside of a corporate atmosphere. Right. You know. Oh my God. He said, "Fuck, dude." I've been hearing that word since I was first grade. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. I, I dropped about four thousand f bombs in front of a group of of Mormons at Salt Lake City, <laughs> and they loved it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, like, dude, look to the message. Don't look to the. I always think I, I don't know. To me, like those people that do that, I, it doesn't even bother me. Yeah, if that's what's going to stop you from like.
0: Yeah, I just thought I'd leverage it as an attempt to get a bonus of some sort. Well, I mean, dude,
1: <laughs> do you really have the the warrior instinct and the battle instinct that you yes. that it takes to go out and like get your hands dirty and be successful in this earth? If you can't hear a couple fucks, right? That's right. my opinion.
0: Yeah, have that's fun a, living in your bubble. Point. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a great, great point. So we do have a
1: question of the day. It's oh. not you're getting $20,000. Uh,
0: actually, I don't have a question of the day. I am not prepared. All right, at l- all. I have a question. Of OK, the day. you go ahead.
1: So how do you feel knowing that I told you that the Carolina Panthers were going to win the Super Bowl three weeks into the season now that they're actually in the Super Bowl and you told me there's no way, yeah. no way, yeah, no way. How do you feel right now?
0: Well, I, I'm humbled. As how I, are you going to feel whenever they actually about it. We win? I snapped about it. I, I I admitted that you did you did say that, and and the truth is, what week I, was that, Tyler, that I said that? I, I mean, I thought it was
1: like week six. It was definitely early. Yeah, because they were like six and zero, oh, and I think you yeah.
2: you brought it up right there. You're, you're like, dude, they're going to fucking. They look like
0: Alabama against everybody else yeah. in college football. And and to my credit, I thought at the point at that point they hadn't really played anybody you know but they're they're good i mean that you you brought it up last night is that arizona what wait 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 you brought it up yesterday that arizona is a very good team and they throttled arizona yeah. so so there's really nothing what do we learn uh, that occasionally you're right no
1: what we what have we learn, Vaughn let's try this again what do we learn what's our sunday school lesson this dude wants a bonus too he yeah. doesn't have a question of the day Yeah. doesn't think that you're always right
0: i don't even have an outline for today how are we supposed to give you a bonus it, you know i have that much faith in you that you're just gonna roll. Oh, there he goes with a with a roll. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. All
1: right, all right, all right. So enough 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 BSing. let's uh, let's get into the show. So um, today we have a really special guest, cool guest uh, named Ryan Mickler, who is the host of the Order of Man podcast. Um, he's also starting an organization called the Order of Man, which is basically a organization. Well, you know what? I'll just let you talk about it because. Yeah, you bet um i want you to uh i want you to explain to people what your goal is um where you came from what you're doing and i was on the podcast a few months ago or a few weeks ago what was it how long ago was yeah that? it was like three weeks ago three weeks ago yeah. it was awesome um i really enjoyed it which is why you know we got this we've got you back out here so yeah um you know welcome thank you for making the trip and uh and you know why don't you let people know a little bit about who you are and what you're doing
2: yeah i'm actually stoked to be out here i was telling vaughn as uh as i came your guys studio is actually a lot like mine except for mine's like a fifth of the size and <laughs> doesn't have all the equipment so i feel right at home here oh cool i'm <laughs> so, not intimidated or anything at all so hey I man look out i've there. got
1: beard envy your beard like makes <laughs> mine look like you, canter- i've got like a kindergarten beard and and you've got like Varsity
2: football beard. That's right. We got baby face Andy over here. Yeah, That's you're right. like the, the. I usually
1: take pride in my beard. Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I feeling manly, you know. And then I, I, we get like Sean
2: in here, we get Ryan in
1: here, and I'm like, God, dude, yeah. I feel like I haven't hit, even hit puberty.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ryan has that kind of beard that you. you I kind of want to call you Jedediah or something. You know, I like get a, that like a like lot a mountain among man. other names. That and I you get said called that you said that was ten months of growth.
2: This is ten months, and I'm wow. committed to a year, so wow. we'll see. But I can't imagine. I cannot envision a day where I'd actually go into the bathroom with. Trimmers or so a are razor? You tri- are you trimming imagine. it at all? I do. I trim the bottom a little bit just to clean it up and make it nice, to like bring a little, it in form. a little, yeah, a right. little bit, but not a lot. It's Looking good, brother. Yeah, it's I coming like in. It. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it's coming in. You know, it's my boys, a my good
1: bit. boys are the are the Dollar Beer Club guys. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah so I, don't I actually use those them. guys. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome, man. They got the best thing I like about it is the brush they send you. Like they send
2: an awesome beard brush. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I've got the brush, the comb, the, yeah. the beard oils, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. they're good dudes. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: cool. anyway, enough about beards. Yes. Tell us about being a man.
2: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, uh, you know, the background of the story, and we talked about this a little bit. I grew up without a permanent father figure I- I- as I was growing up, and what we talked about is on the podcast when you were on the show is that sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Life is life. Right. Right. And so that's how it was for me. I didn't know what it was like to have a dad, but around middle school, high school, I started looking around and I saw these guys that were playing baseball with their dads and they were going on campouts with their dads. And I had, I didn't have any of that stuff. Right. So I got a little bit e- of envious about that and uh, was, was able to join sports and I joined the military and I got some of that masculinity type stuff through those outlets. But Really, this changed for me as I started to have kids. I've got three kids. I've got one on the way, and man, I I remember when we had our first, I was a jerk. I was a bad dad. I wasn't a good husband because I never knew what it took to be those things. Right. I didn't know what that looked like, and so I just did what I did and what I was exposed to, uh, but I realized along the way that you know I need to step up. I need to be a better dad. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better community leader. And I didn't want to sit on the sidelines. I wanted to get involved, and this is how I get involved for myself with starting Order of Man and how I get my boys involved, and we've had conversations. I've actually had my 8-year-old son on the podcast, <laughs> which awesome. was awesome. Kids say the, the funniest stuff, yeah. and they talk about being real and authentic. Yeah. Uh, I think – I can't remember exactly, but he was calling me out on some stuff. He had, oh, here's what he called me out on. He said, uh, one day I was doing chores or something out in the yard, and he was trying to help, and I do air quotes when I say help because, yeah, right. you know, an 8-year-old, how much an 8-year-old can help? and he said dad you just threw this big sissy fit you threw the shovel across the yard and you yelled at me so he called me out oh, for this stuff, and i'm like yeah there's some things that i really struggle with yeah. that i personally didn't need to work on which is why i started order of man and it's resonated because i think a lot of guys are kind of in that similar boat where they know they want to do some stuff in life right, right. they want to be better husbands better fathers they want to do stuff in their business they want to do stuff in their community but we have no idea how to do it because there's nobody leading the way ch- right. you know charging the path so right. that's what i'm here to do
1: yeah man um I really dig the mission that you're on and what you're trying to do. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I personally see exactly, I, I think we see things very similar when we look out and see what has become of For sure. uh, the man, you know, so to speak. And yeah. and and just because we're talking about being a man doesn't mean that women shouldn't listen because you're going to pick up some things here too. Oh, it's all applicable. But, uh, right. Right. But, but we get, you know, I see this all the time, man. I feel like... <clears throat> I feel like men have become almost, uh, I don't know what the word is, but like they've lost their masculinity. Emasculated. Emasculated. I prefer their, you know, wimp, but wimp, yeah, you know. Know. How, how,
2: whatever you want to say But like that's aside. what's
1: been, that's what's almost been told over, if we watch TV or we watch movies for the most part with the exception of like these super testosterone filled right, action right. movies. Right, Blowing everything right. up. and yeah. Like it's either one or the other. It's <laughs> right. like, dude, kill everything yep. or be a total pussy. That's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And um, I feel like You know, most guys out there, you know, they're not like our grandfathers, you know, where like, you know, my dad, or even my dad, my dad knows how to fix a fucking small engine. He knows how to fix his car. He knows how to do everything. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that a guy that I see, know, for the most part, know how to do today is to like be the whipping boy for their woman.
2: That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Guys don't know how to be. Men, they think, uh, well, we've been, I think, in, in a way, the media has conditioned us to believe that we should only be sensitive and right. we should only be uh, care about other people's feelings. And all those those things are important. Right. There's certainly elements of that. Uh there's other elements that we're missing. The meme that's going around on Facebook is something about a beard. Like, if you can't change your tire, but you, have a, you still have a beard, you need to shave, shave it, it off. It, right? Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seen it. yeah, and that's what it is. So yeah. we put on these fronts, and we grow a beard, and we wear the clothes, and we build the muscles. Right. But deep down inside, there's no real masculinity. We're just trying to put on this front that we're actually men, when in all reality, deep down inside, we don't even feel that way because we're not doing manly stuff.
1: Right, right. And it's not even just about doing manly stuff either. It's, you know, I think ultimately – you know, it comes down to one basic trait, and a lot of people, men and women, don't have it. But I think it's super important for a man because I mean, it's in our DNA to be the provider, uh, you know, to take charge, yeah. to be in control, to be the protector. And a lot of guys can't even take responsibility for their own shit. You know, like everything is everybody else's fault. Oh, for everything, sure. Everything. You know, like you could have easily said, you know what? I didn't have a dad, so that's why so I'm so a I shitty be screwed dad. Screwed up, right? Yep. I'm doing a shitty job because I never had a dad and you could have perpetuated that cycle over and over and over and over again and I think at the end of the day whether it be in entrepreneurship and guys everything we talk about here is going to tie back to principles that you can use to make money for sure Um, but there are also principles that you can use to be better and make a better impact um, in your life and I think you know ultimately what you talk about, and what I gather from the, the, the information that you know we've talked about, yep. and also what I've heard on the podcast, um, which your podcast is awesome, by the way. I appreciate uh, that. Where can people listen to it? Uh, orderman.com. Okay. Yeah. So I highly recommend that podcast. I think you guys need to listen on a regular basis. Um, but I think the point that is transcendent amongst all the information that I see coming out of what you're doing is to take responsibility. Oh, for sure. You know, to look yourself in the mirror, be self-aware, be able to look
2: and say, I'm doing this
1: wrong, I'm doing this wrong, I'm doing this wrong, but also say, I'm doing this right, I'm doing good here. Right. And be able to evaluate Own yourself, both,
2: you know? It's it's really interesting. So I'm coaching my son's basketball team right now. He's eight years old. And at this point, I actually went to the community center that, that hosts the basketball league because they're not keeping score. <laughs> Like, these are Uh eight-year-old boys. Here comes a fucking soapbox. That's right. Like, do you know what the question is that these eight-year-old boys are asking very first at the end of the game? Dad, who won? Yeah. They want to measure. So society is conditioning us to to not compete, to not step up, to not take accountability. Look, if you lose, my eight-year-old knows this. My five-year-old, my two-year-old knows this stuff. If you lose... You just need to do a little better next time. It doesn't mean you're bad or good or anything else. It just means you weren't good enough at that point, and what can you do to move? But this, this problem goes all the way up to the office of the presidency of the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere from two years old up to arguably the leader of the free world cannot take responsibility for their own decisions, and it's driving us well, let's, crazy. Well, let's
1: talk about that. Let's talk about what you lose when you refuse to lose. Yeah. Okay? When you take away the losses, you're taking away the lessons, and that's what people don't understand. When you take away the losses of a five-year-old kid or a three-year-old kid or an eight-year-old kid, first of all, it's not natural because they understand, just like you said, they know, they know that they're supposed to win. Right. They don't grow up thinking, oh, I'm you know supposed to be fair and everybody's... Fair. That's not a natural <laughs> thing. Right. A natural thing, if we were born and <clears throat> nobody taught us anything and we grew up to be pu- puberty-age males... Dude, and we saw another puberty-age male. Our natural instinct would be to kill him. Yeah, I want to be better that than that That is natural, <laughs> okay? Now, am I saying you should go ch- stab people in the head? No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that the to win is a good thing. It's natural. And when you take away the losses, you're taking away the lessons. You're taking away the ability to learn. And you're taking away basically the future of this person because they're not going to be prepared for the situation that life throws at them. Right. Whereas like these moms, you know, these moms think, oh, little Johnny, I'm so sorry you lost. Here, let me, you know, let me get a trophy for you too because you lost that because that's where the idea came from, right? Right. right. Participation trophies. Right. Let, let's make this guy feel good. You shouldn't feel good about losing. Right. You shouldn't. That's the point. Yeah. So you that, can learn from right, that. Exactly. You're not supposed <laughs> right. to feel good. and. You know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Winning is natural. Winning is a real thing. Winning is uh, a natural human instinct. When you're a fucking toddler and you have the play school, uh, you know, basketball hoop and you throw the little plastic ball and it goes in there, you're like, yeah, dude. Because
2: you know that's You don't even know what the
1: hell you're doing. (laughs) You just know that you did something good. Right. You know, that is natural. And, dude, society is trying so hard and I think we're in a good time because I feel like people are tired of this, mm-hmm. but society is trying so hard to pull that out and to make it equal. And dude, that's just not reality.
0: Yeah, I think I think what's really demoralizing is that sometimes you know it's easy to blame women and say, "Oh, it's soccer moms. This is why we, we've got this." It is a- attitudes. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that that promote the idea too. I was telling. That's
1: because. The reason guys promote that idea is because the soccer moms force it on them and they say, I'm not going to fuck you unless you fucking raise our kids that way. And guys become slaves to the vagina. That's the truth. (laughs) And that goes down to being a man, too. Dude, if you're supplicating to get laid, and like, dude, get lucky. Like these dudes that use that term, get lucky. Dude, if you're walking around saying, I'm going to get lucky tonight, you're looking at the wrong fucking way. That's not what your wife wants. Sorry, I'm being crude, but I'm being honest. No, no, well, I get right. what you're I mean, saying.
0: But I was telling Ryan, like uh, my sister-in-law, we we uh, coach a uh, uh, it's third grade boys' team, and uh, they're undefeated. They've done really well. And this guy came up to. Her, I was obviously we were in Utah this past week, and this guy came up to my sister-in-law, who's a coach, and he and after our team had defeated the other team pretty soundly, he said two things to her. He said one thing. He said you know, you really shouldn't play the black kid too much because he's so much better than everybody that he makes the other kids feel bad. And And then the second thing he said was, you know, when you guys were up by like 15 or 16, you should have told your kids, this was word for word, you should have told your kids not to play so hard.
2: It's not crazy. That guy was trained.
1: That guy was trained somewhere along the line to think that way.
0: Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, it's crazy. And, I think what and what like, we're... dude, what
1: I say was an extreme example,
0: right? But there's a lot of truth. No, to but what I, I just no, say. I absolutely agree. I agree. A lot it's, of dude, it's guys dudes that have... get trained that yeah. way,
1: one way or the other. No, and I that agree. is not a natural instinct. A natural instinct is for somebody to go, dude. When you get a kid who plays John Madden football when he's eight years old, dude, he runs the score up to like a million to right. nothing, and he's <laughs> like, "Fuck yeah, that's natural." Yeah, you know, you, dude, that killer instinct, that that like drive it home win instinct, that that is beat out of people as they grow up.
2: Well, and I think just, too, the other thing is, I think we're, we forget again as a society we forget that people are resilient, and that's what we're 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 trying to keep people from getting hurt. But you know what? It, they're not going to get hurt. They're going to get stronger. So my boys are wrestling the other day. I have an eight year old and a five year old, and my eight year old grabs the five year old literally by the neck. Slams him down on the ground. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he just broke his neck. (laughs) And my five-year-old gets up and laughs it off. Now, that's physically resilient, but we're mentally resilient if we're allowed to fail. If we're allowed to do that stuff. Those things are related. Right. The physical resilience and the mental resilience are related.
1: You know, the more ass-beatings you take, the tougher mentally you get. Right. Absolutely. Because you you know you can handle it. Right. And do you want your kid to graduate high school and go out in college and, and think, oh man, you know, I could show up. And, you know, just bare, barely apply myself and everything will be fair and I'll get A's.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's not how it works. No, of course yeah. not. And, it, and then you're going to send them out into the real world past that because let's be real, colleges teach you the same shit now. Of course. Yep. Okay. You're going to send them out in the real world to get a job and they're going to go out in the job world and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to think they're the shit. And what's going to happen? You know, gonna get crushed. The, yeah. They get crushed. Somebody comes in and tells them they're not what they thought they were. Right. And, dude, sometimes people react crazy. And, fuck, there was another mass shooting today. Yeah. They're fucking, you know, the, out in San Diego. Yeah. You know, I saw it on the news this morning. People go fucking crazy. They don't know how to deal with anything. Right. You know what I mean? They go, they go crazy. They think they're supposed to be gifted everything or entitled to everything. And, dude, it ruins their whole life. So you're raising your kids in a way that not only weakens them, but you're taking away their ability to, to actually lead a purposeful, successful life. Right. You know, and well, there's this problem. I think a lot of people think that's a joke. They think that, like, when I do, when they hear what I'm saying, they're like, dude, Andy, you're way overblowing it. Motherfucker, I have a hundred fucking employees that are between the ages of 20 and 25 years old, and I interview a hundred people to get one employee. Yeah. So I know what's out there. So unless you're in that situation where you're interviewing that age range every day of your life, multiple times a day, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I do, because I do it. I know
2: what these people are prepared for, and it's not much. Well, and I think that part of the reason, too, as we look at um, parenting, I, I used to believe this, too, and to a degree, is that uh, our job is to protect our children. No, your only job as a parent is to make that child self sufficient. Right. That is your primary. Focus. And so we don't need to be worrying about being their friends, although there's an element to that. Right, and right. we don't need to coddle them and protect them from everything. Our job is to make them self-reliant so when that time comes, they can do everything they need to do on their own without our support. And nature supports that. We see that in nature. Right. But for some reason, as humans... We're losing focus or losing track of this. And so like you said, they get beat up when they get into the real world and actually get into a, a fight, whatever that fight looks like. Yeah,
1: and it could be a million different right. ways, right? Right. So and you know, there's literal people out there that are like oh, an actual a fight. fight. What do right, you mean? exactly. It's like, yeah. Right. We're talking about the struggles of life. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and if you can't understand that, please turn off the podcast. <laughs> but you know, I think that's something that needs to be thought about is you know, look back on the people who have been hard on you in life. Like, I can, I can think of like different people who have been really hard on me. Those are the people I love the most now. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and parents think that they, by making it an easy path, that their kid's gonna love them more. Dude, at the end of the day, when your kid goes out and becomes an adult and is out there and realizes what skills they don't have and the way they were raised and the lies they were told, they're going to resent you for that. Yeah. They're gonna say, dude, my parents didn't teach me what I needed to know. So I had this
2: coach in high school,
1: but that's like the inverse of what the parents trying to get, right? Of course, they're trying to create the love and the friendship and the you know, and the way you get that over the course of your life is by telling them the truth, teaching them exactly what you're saying. Yeah, to be self sufficient, you know what I mean? You know how thankful I am, dude. There was times in my life where I wanted to punch my dad in the face, like on a daily basis. (laughs) But you know how thankful I am? I have the dad that I had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something that... Yeah, you
2: wouldn't be the same no, without that. No, Yeah, I had this coach in high school. So I was uh, I was playing baseball. I played three sports in high school and I was playing baseball. I was a junior. And I thought because I was going to be a senior that I was entitled to the starting catching position when we came to baseball. And uh, uh, senior season came around. I started and my coach pulled me three or four games into the season. And he put in a junior instead of me. And I was pissed. Yeah. And my mom said, well, I don't know. Go ask him. Go ask him why he pulled you. So I went and asked my coach, coach, why'd you pull me? He says to me, Ryan, I told you in the off season, you needed to work on this, 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 and this. And it's apparent to me that you did not work on those things. So I need to make a decision for the team. And as pissed off as I was about that, he was right. Right. And I'm so grateful that he had the foresight to teach me a lesson over three months that will literally now last me for the next 50, 60, 80 years because he was tough enough to be hard on me that way. Right. Right. You know,
1: and I, I I, I, could name a million lessons the exact same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I thought I, you know, was good enough at something or wasn't. And either the market or a coach or, you know, my dad or whoever, yeah. I, was, I was lucky enough. And I don't say lucky very often, but I was lucky enough to be around people who let me know when I sucked. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. And so now I look in the mirror and I'm I you know I don't have an overinflated sense of, of confidence. I have a realistic viewpoint of myself. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm good. Like last night we were talking to dinner. I what I say? I said, I don't think there's many people that could speak on a stage with right. me. Right. Because I know I'm fucking good. Right. You know what I mean? But there's other things that I will equally as say, like, dude, I'm not good at that. But you own it and you recognize it right, and that exactly. proves it. Right. And that and that's that's not being cocky or overconfident. That's just being Self-aware, right. You know, and knowing what you're good at, where you need to improve. And I think I even said last night, you know, every time, no matter how good I do, I could be better. Of course, you know, but, you know, I just think that America as a whole, for some reason has, I mean, what do you think? What do you think that? I mean, you have to have a philosophy on where this started, (laughs) You know, what do you think it is?
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know where it started. I really don't. I think this was gradually over time is that people became more and more concerned about other people's feelings and more and more concerned about equality. Right. I mean, that's a big, huge issue. Yeah. And I think the definition of equality is completely off. We're misjudging no, and agree. misinterpreting what that right. word actually means. Right. So there's there's equality type movements and things like that. But this is just compounding. And that's right. the reality. It's going to con- get continually worse and worse until we realize that, hey, Take accountability. You know what? Even if, and we were talking about this at dinner, even if it is somebody else's fault, even if there is some side, some outside factor, you know, I think if I'm a financial advisor by trade, so I think about 2008, 2009, everybody's complaining about the market and that was real, right? Like there's no doubt that was a real issue, right? And that impacts, I'm sure it impacted your business. I'm yeah. sure it impacted other people's business, but placing blame and responsibility on outside factors, even though there may be an element to that does not help you improve. No. So saying that, oh, the market's bad, this is just the way it is, and throwing your hands up doesn't help you grow the business, right. but saying, hey, the market's bad, how are we going to prepare for this next time is what makes you stronger and better the next time it you actually happens. You
1: know what's funny? is you said, it, affects our, our, it might probably affected our business. Dude, from 2007 to 2012, my company grew 100% every single year. You know why? Did it really? You know why? Because everybody else said, the market sucks, yep. we're not going to grow. Yep. And you know what I did? I went all in. And I fucking I knew that they were going into their turtle turtle shells, so I went on the offense, and I was able to capture that market share. Awesome, you know what I mean? Exactly, so, like you, it, the ability to take responsibility, even when it's not your fault, is a tremendous. First of all, if you're an employee, okay, and we talk about the entrepreneurial mindset um, and creating value. If you're an employee, not only if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an employee and you're able to grasp this concept that we're talking about right now about taking responsibility, even when it's not your fault, you have no idea how valuable that is. To oh some, my gosh. Like, yeah. dude, when I have somebody who could straight up own the issue, because dude, let's talk about taking responsibility. It's not just saying, and I run across this a lot of times, sometimes even in my own company. Oh, that's my bad. I fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. That's only half right. of taking responsibility. Right. What's the other half?
2: Yeah, you got to change it. You, you got to fix, fix the problem. Right.
1: And if you're one of these people who could take the The idea of accepting responsibility, even when it's not your fault, and fixing the problem, there you will have unlimited income potential in your life.
2: Yeah, unlimited because it is so rare. It's so rare. Well, and think about how many times we hear, "Oh, I don't like my job because my boss sucks, or my work sucks, or they won't give me this promotion, or they I can't won't even do listen this. to that shit."
1: Like when people tell that, like, do you get like a sick stomach when
2: people? Of course, yeah. Like, I roll like, my fix eyes, it,
1: man. Like when people start saying that shit to me, I'm like.
2: Okay, I, like I automatically look at them like, dude, you're a loser. Right. And, you know, and I do judge people. I'm sorry. Or if you look, you know, it's funny. <laughs> if you look at people's resumes or, or you're interviewing them. I used to interview with a company I used to work with. Part of my job was to recruit people. And I would look at their resumes and we would talk about their past jobs. And a lot of times they'd say things like, oh, this job didn't work out because of this. And this job didn't work out because of this. Me and my and boss didn't job... see eye to eye. Exactly. It doesn't
1: even have to be a bashing. No. All it's it has like, to be is a comment. Didn't... And you we're... know what I
2: say to them? I say, you know what? You're the only common denominator in this scenario, right? So it's probably not the boss or the past five bosses that that you've right. had. It's probably you, right? And you've got to understand. It's, that's that. interesting because I that is something when I said we
1: when I said we interview a hundred kids to get one. I'm not lying. Oh, I bet it takes a hundred kids to get one that gets it, and and that's sad. But that right there, first of all, if you ever go in an interview, learn how. Do not ever say anything like. Oh, it didn't work out right. because of so and so, or we didn't see how. To <laughs> Everybody art. knows or what that means. <laughs> yeah, you know what that means. That means you're going to be a pain in the ass here too. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah. And you're not working here. Mm-hmm.
0: That's just it. I'm just curious. I, go ahead, Tyler. Oh no, you. Oh, good. I thought right. I was.
1: I was going to say, Andy, you're also forgetting about. You know, you only keep like
2: five out of those ten of the hundred that you hire. You know. Yeah, like I mean,
1: even out, even out of the after one out of the hundred. Yeah, yeah, they right. only, only probably, let's say, out of ten that make it probably only three end up making it longer than six months. Yeah. You know, and that's that's how big the problem is. It's a huge problem. It
0: is. So I'm kind of curious how both of you guys would respond if you had a situation where you were interviewing somebody and 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 instead of making excuses, they said, I totally screwed up that job. I won't do it again. I would love oh, that. that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. It would be so refreshing. Dude,
1: I've never one time heard that.
0: Hmm.
1: Never. Out of the literal thousands of interviews that I've been a part of, never one time have I heard something like hmm. that.
2: You know, it's funny. If I heard that,
1: I would say, I would probably look at the dude and be like, I wouldn't even know what to say. Yeah, Yeah. you,
2: yeah, because you'd be so caught off guard, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, yeah,
1: you know, there's so much value to be created by just being able to do that. It's one of our core values of our company. Like, if you can't accept responsibility, you know, you're not going to work here. Yeah, it's just it. But, but a lot of people. I want to hit on this again. A lot of people misinterpret accepting responsibility, which is saying, "Oh yeah, bro, that's my fault." That's only half of it. The other half is going out and changing whatever that is and fixing it. Right. Like without, you know, having to be told. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to say that.
1: People get into habit. To- I, I know this because oh, yeah. I've had employees. De- Dude, I've had I've had employees get in the habit of this, or they like see accept responsibility up on our wall as a core value. And, the, you know, when I say, hey, man, you're you fucking suck. They're like, yeah, I know, man. Sorry, I'm fault. sorry. It's my that's not taking yeah. responsibility. Taking responsibility is saying, you know what? You're right. And I'm going to fix it.
2: It'd be easy to listen to this podcast and, then and walk it. away mm-hmm. and incorporate the no excuses, I'm sorry, hold yourself accountable as this cute little buzzword. Right, and, and, which it and is. It's it a is. buzzword, right? It, it is. is. a buzzword. So in the military, I spent some time in the National Guard, and I spent uh, a year in Iraq in 2005 and 2006. But when I was in basic training, one of the guys that was, uh, that was helping me as I joined the military said, just get really used to the phrase, no excuses. And so we'd go and we'd do things, and we'd mess things up, and we'd say other guys mess things up, and we'd use that phrase, no excuses. And the drill sergeants would just pass right over us. They wouldn't do anything because they're they're not used to hearing somebody say, "I don't have an excuse for why I messed up, but I'm going to work on it. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change this." Right. And they leave you alone. Right. That's life. Right. <clears throat> yeah. People don't know. Just like you said, if you're interviewing somebody and says, "Yeah, I really messed that up, but here's how I'd fix it moving forward," you wouldn't know what to say. No, I wouldn't. And I I would I would one hundred
1: percent. All things being equal, hire that guy. Probably right. There's a level you know I mean? of respect that right. comes exactly. from that
2: because you know everybody messes up, and if somebody can actually own it,
1: dude, I mess it. up every day. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's that's the thing I think that people miss on is they think that like they think everybody like they think people at, like m- like at my level, you know, who's built a little bit of success for himself, they think oh he must do everything right. No, I don't. But when I fuck up, I, I admit it first of all, and second of all, I go fix it. Right. You know what I mean?
2: Right. And how much further are you ahead because you actually fixed it?
1: Dude, it would be easy for me to sit, be still running that one retail store in Springfield, Missouri, saying, man, you know, uh, the market went south right. or, um, you know, the supplement industry is too competitive or, you know, uh, I didn't have any bank financing or I didn't have anybody to help me or I didn't, you know, I could make up a million excuses. Yeah, You know, I got That's stabbed true. in the fucking face and almost died. Nobody wants to talk to me. Like, dude, I could make up more excuses than most people. That's why it bothers me so much.
2: Right. You know? Right. Because you've been through it. You know it. Right. Yeah. And and people, the, the excuses that they make, um, they're not acceptable to me. Well, and it's in every area of life. I mean, I, I talk about relationships. I think about your relationship with your spouse. It's easy to say, oh, my wife doesn't understand me, or she doesn't know what it's like to be an entrepreneur, or she doesn't know how to communicate with me. And, and those are all things. I, I say that because those are all things that I said in my marriage. I've heard that. I've heard those things in previous relationships of mine as well. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That may be true. There may be elements of that. But again, if you really want to own it, look at yourself first. What can you improve? What can you change? How can you be a better man? And I promise that when you're a better man in business, in your community, as a father, as a leader, as a coworker, whatever, when you start taking ownership, your life is going to switch. And it's going to do it fast, too.
0: It's going to be a quick switch because you're making changes fast. Hey, so, Ryan. Oh, I right. was going to say, I love the question. How can I be a better man? So I would, I'm curious because, in fairness to a lot of the guys, maybe the young guys that are listening to this, they want to be a better man, and you've, you guys have talked about like not making excuses, taking responsibility. And we talk about that a lot on the show. Yeah. Right. But
1: I want to get into that more specifically. That's that's we were going to say the same thing. You know, to a young person listening right now, you know, <clears throat> like an eighteen, like you know, let's say an 18 year old version of yourself, Yeah. you know, what if you're going to put your arm around them and say, Hey, you know, Ryan, look, listen, bro, this is the way it is. It's not this, this, and this, what would the, it's not this, this, and this. And what would the
0: actions you need to
1: do this
2: yeah. be, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this. So here's the first thing you've got to figure out what it is you want in life. Right. And we hear that a lot. And I don't want to, I don't want to just stop on that because everybody says that. Right. So identifying what you want in life. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Think about why you're not there. There's a gap between where you want to be and where you currently are. Come up with every reason as to why that's the case, why that gap actually exists, and then go through each one of those excuses because that's what it is. Right. Come up with each one of those excuses and ask yourself, how does this serve me? And if the answer is that excuse doesn't serve me, just cross that off the list because there's nothing you can do about it. And so you start looking at your excuses, and you start looking at the reasons why you're not successful. Maybe one of them is, I don't know the right people. Okay, good. How does that serve me? Well, it helps me realize that I need to get in front of the right people, right. which is part of the reason that you and I are connected right now. Right. I realize that Andy has this platform, and he's talking to these guys, and I want him to have him on my show so he can provide value, and I can provide value to right. him. And so I consciously and deliberately reached out so we could connect.
1: And that's the way the world works. Nothing exactly. wrong with that. Right, exactly. That's how we, were, we talked about that last night. You know, we were talking about a lot of people would look at that and be like, oh, well, you know, that's just manipulating the platform. No, that's how fucking business and life works. Right. You reach out to people you want to be associated with consciously. You don't just like when we talk, uh, dude, remember last night we were talking about um, how people go through life passively. Yeah. You know, like they don't think uh, they don't actively think about who their surroundings... Dude, explain how you explained it, because it was really good.
2: Yeah, so we talk a lot about being deliberate, and Vaughn, you've talked about this as well. I think you used a different term than intentional, I think is the term you used, but that's what it's about. You know, we go through life and we get up and we, we set our alarms the way we've always set it and we drive to work the way that we've always driven to work and we do the stuff our boss tells us to do because that's what he tells us to do and that's been our life for the past 10 years. And then we get home and like you said, in some cases we get henpecked by our wives because we're not man enough to say and to, to assert that this is what I want out of life right. and to take ownership and control of it. And so we live passively right. and we live timidly Instead of thinking and getting up deliberately and, and being conscious about, here's what I want to do today, and here's who I want to meet, and here's what I want to accomplish, and here's what I want to be to my wife, and here's what I want to be for my kids, we just hang out with the same friends, our coworkers, or our neighbors, and we do the same thing they do because it's
1: easy. Yeah, and, and most of that stuff is... Bitch about the way things
2: are, right? Ironically. And we do it together because right. it's kind of fun. Like misery loves company. So, right. oh, if Andy's complaining about it, cool. That gives me permission to complain. Right. But if you're not complaining about it, right. I mean, think about the guys in the office here with you. Is I can already see that they've incorporated your beliefs. Oh yeah, dude, we've got because you guys—that's the culture. Yeah, that's what's expected.
1: I'm hard on the young generation, but I'm gonna tell you right now, my young generation that works here with me they're fucking killers. Right. Like they're the best there is. I even said that on stage when we were at a uh, SunDance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Hey man, if you're looking for the young generation to step in and be a part of your company because we had a lot of entrepreneurs there." Yeah. I'm like, "Well, I have the best 110 young generation, so all you guys are fucked." Good luck. <laughs> exact quote of what I said. <laughs> yeah, you did. You know, because it's the truth. And and a lot of these guys come in and they've lived that passive way, and you could see the transformation happen. Is that
2: just from <clears throat> being here? with you i mean what do you attribute that to because it's to a culture man it's a culture
1: it that we like at first it, when it was small it was like you know 10 guys and we were like all really tight knit and we're still really tight knit but it's you know we don't spend as much time together but it was like 10 guys we we said okay this is what we stand for and anybody who doesn't stand for this we don't want them here right and that developed that's the important of setting core values for your company first of all and for yourself right um but once you start to establish that, it, it takes on a life of its own. So, like, when we bring a new guy in, you know, these guys here, I don't even have to talk to this dude. He'll come in. These dudes will, will, uh, you know, they'll figure it out. They know quick yeah. what's expected. Like, like they'll what, come to me and they'll be and like, dude, this dude ain't working out. Right. You know, or, you know, even if he gets better, they'll come and they'll say, you know what, Andy, I told you this guy wasn't going to work out. He's starting to get better. Like, you know, everybody's very, it's, very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. cool, man. That but is what, cool. But uh, it's it's a culture, man, and and it and when you're running a business and you're trying to build something with, in, like, as I get this question a lot, Andy, I own a business, but I can't find any good employees. You're not going to find them. You're going to have to fucking make them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what being a leader is
2: about. Well, that's a great point because it's not about finding. It's again, it comes back to yourself. Maybe you're not finding good employees because you're not a good boss. That's right. <laughs> no, that's the that
1: 100% of the time that's the case. It, if you're not finding good employees to work for you, it's because you're not setting the right example for them and you're right. not a strong enough leader. Right. That's the 1000% uh, of the time that is the truth. You know, but to tell that to somebody because a lot of people think because they own a business that they're automatically a good leader. Right. And that is not the case. Yep. In most cases, I would say that's like I I would say most people who own a business, their sense of skill as a leader is way
2: overinflated. Well, and I think the reason they get into the business is because they're good at whatever that task is. Right. So they assume that, well, I can just run the business. Right. When it's a completely different skill set that every person needs to learn. and being a leader is a skill. Absolutely. Like, it's not. a lot of people think you're a born leader. I was not a
1: born leader, ever. Like, dude, I used to be the opposite of what I am now. That's how I know what the fuck works. Right. Because I used to do it so wrong. (laughs) Dude, I've ruined, I have ruined countless numbers of employees because of my poor leadership skills. I've had people come in that were good people that could have done great things with our company. And I've done not good things for them. Yeah. To the point where, you know, I might have affected the way that they go on the rest of their life. Absolutely. And I, I, dude, I live with that. It sucks. You know, but... Those being aware enough to admit that is what's made me dedicate myself to becoming a leader and becoming the best leader that I can be. And, you know, and I still got a lot of room to improve. And I feel like, you know, for, for most people, I'm pretty strong in that aspect, but it wasn't something I started in business and was like, Hey, I'm good at this. You know, I have employees, so I'm a good leader. No, that's not it. Right. It takes just like it took you, uh, whatever you're selling or whatever your business is or whatever your skill is. Just like it took you practice and time and effort and dedication to develop that, you're gonna have to put the same the same effort, dedication, time, and will into becoming a businessman and a leader. We see this a lot with like chiropractors and doctors and and lawyers. They go to school for a specific skill, yet that skill is not gonna build their business. Right. I see this all the time with those kind of guys, and, and it, it, they should be teaching more business skills in those in those pathways, but they don't. And I have a, the guys who straight up kill it, they dedicate themselves to, to becoming business people on their own time. So they learn their skill to be a lawyer and then they become a business person on their own skills. Right. You know what I mean?
2: I think Vaughn and, actually, and I actually talked about this. We talked about communication as being one of probably the most important skills that you could ever have. Right. And just learning how to communicate. Marketing, obviously, is a huge component. Right. Because there's product, I mean, when it comes to business, for example, You could have company A and company B and they can have the exact same product. Right. And company A is going to far, far exceed what company B does just because of the way they communicate and the way they market and the way that they, they lead the business. Well, I
1: mean, it's not the product. Yeah, no, it's not. You know, in fact, most products these days, most products are becoming commodities because we all
2: have access to the same stuff. Exactly. We all
1: have access to the communications. We can, we can get into Google. We can find out how to manufacture X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter if it's a fucking iPad. Right. You know, how many, how many copies of the iPad are there out there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? <laughs> but Apple runs the market because, right. dude, they understand how to market it the right way. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, that I, I just had this conversation earlier today. When I was on the phone, in fact, right before we started the podcast, I was talking to a guy who owned another supplement company who's a good friend of mine, and we were talking about how the industry is changing to where, like, there's so many more companies, and he wants to go to uh, – Uh, Traffic and conversion Which is out In in San Diego Mm -hmm. And we might I might go with them But uh, We were talking about How developing the skills To actually You know Reach people And communicate And engage people Is going to be the difference Of course It doesn't matter What your product is anymore As long as it's as long as it's of good quality, right? you know what I mean? Right, that's a given, right? right. It's got to right. be a good quality right. product. When I say it doesn't matter what your pro- like if your product sucks compared to the next guy, it doesn't <laughs> matter how much you market. right? But, you know, most products at some level are becoming commodity. It's very rare to come out with a product that isn't. Um, and it won't be long if it is, you know what I mean? Right. Till somebody else is coming out with whatever it is. You, you know, it used to be back in the old days, you know, to, to develop these relationships, you had to get on a plane and fly to China or wherever it is. Oh, and these spend hundreds are, of thousands yeah, of millions of dollars even, connecting. Yeah, and, and, the, and the secrets were not, nobody would tell the secrets. Now the secrets are on Google. You know
2: what I mean? So, You were talking about this, I think, on one of your podcasts the other day. I think it was you, and you were saying, I could tell 100 people. I could give them my business oh, plan. Yeah. I could give it to them. I said them. that on the Gary Vee podcast. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could give them my business plan, and regardless, at the end of the day, those pe- I could do that because nobody would take action on it. Dude, how many, t- Tyler, how long have you been working in
1: Seven, eight years. How many times have you heard me say that <laughs> to our own company? Oh, God. Every meeting. Right. Every meeting. You yeah. know why? Because every meeting I have guys not taking action on our plan, you know, and I'm trying to stress to them that it's not the plan,
0: it's, it's the, the execution of it. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And mm-hmm. That's the truth, dude. It is the truth. Mm hmm. So, so Ryan, I'm curious. I love your idea about you know identifying what it is you want to accomplish, and then you know identifying the, the, the obstacles. Right, I guess is, right. if, I, if I interpret that. Yeah. So here's my question. That seems to apply very strongly to to some some thing you want to accomplish. How do you apply it uh, when guys are wanting to actually develop a certain character quality in their lives?
2: Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think part of uh, what you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to surround yourself by the right people. I mean, you've got to be around people who have the qualities and the characteristics and the things that you want. Um, but I think it's, it's the same thing. It's just being real about, Hey, here's what I want to be. Here's who I want to be. Here's a leadership trader quality that I want to build. Here's where I'm falling short. Here's where I'm good. How can I improve this? And at the end of the day, it's really hard because it's simple, but it's not easy. And the simplicity of it is reflection right. and planning yeah. and thought. Yeah. Like You've got to sit down every day and think, what do I want? But I say that, and guys are listening to this right now, and they're saying to themselves, oh, no, no, that's, I've tried that. That's, that's not what it takes. That's exactly what it takes. You've got to think about what you want every day, and then you've got to go back and you've got to review, was I a good leader? I'm going to use that as an example. Yeah. Was I a good leader? Did I lead people to where they wouldn't have been on their own? Where did I mess up? Where could I have done better? What didn't I recognize? All of those things that you should be asking yourself continually is the only way in my mind to start that process of improvement in any area of life. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and
1: guys, you know, you hear the term self-aware because it's become really hot.
2: Exactly. That's,
1: you know, and and a lot of guys, I feel like, hear that and they don't know what it means. They don't get it, like self-aware. What he's saying is self-awareness. It's reflection. It's being able to check yourself just as you would look at somebody else and criticize them, only you're criticizing yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And, right. and when I say criticize, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, I mean real that it's just checklist. Like, hey, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I do exactly what I wanted to do? And if
2: the answer is no, then you've got to be able to say no. Right. You know what I mean? And the answer should always be no to a degree. Because <clears throat> that's the only way you're going to continue to exactly. improve. You know, what's really interesting is I watched your the transformation video that you put out yeah. several weeks ago or a month yeah. or so ago. Um, man, that was a great video, by the way. Thank you. And I know that was probably hard. You said it was hard to do. Yeah. And I know three years ago, I started this health journey for myself as well. Yeah. And the hardest part of it was not going to the gym. It was not figuring out what needed to be done. I already knew that stuff. You already know that stuff. Right. The hardest part for me was jumping on the scale. Right. Oh, dude. Yeah. I knew that it was out of hand. I knew that it was a problem, yeah. but for some reason it was so difficult that's me to put truth, my two man. feet on that scale because right. that number's glaring at you and saying, "You're not doing what you need to be doing." That's right. And that's true for if you want to be a better leader or if you want to be a better dad, you got to jump on the scale and say, "Man, I'm falling short in these areas." That's right. And you've got to look at that right. number and realize, right? And unfortunately, I'm not
1: doing there's that. not a scale for for dads, right. Of course, you know what I mean. Of course, yeah. But like, you've got to make that up in your mind, and like that's you know. That's what a lot of younger guys – like, I get that question a lot from guys. Like, what does self-aware mean? I hear you say that. I hear other guys say that. What does that mean? Well, that's what it means. It means being able to evaluate yourself without a tool to that evaluates you. You know, right. like your weight. Right. We've got tools, right. right, that we can statistically evaluate ourselves with. Other areas of our life – I mean, how much better would the world be if we had, like – we could stick our finger in like the, the monitor and said, "Hey, your dadness sucks," <laughs> but you're you know you're or hit you're that awesome thing here. At the
2: fair where you hit it and it goes up to right, a certain level. right, yeah. <laughs> like
1: you know it, the world would be a better place if we had those things, but the reality is is we don't. And yeah. the difference between people who really get places in life and the, the difference between people who end up in that same circle of mediocrity and frustration and disappointment and nagging is that the people who succeed have become very aware of what they're good at and what they're not and where they need to improve. And that's something that I would encourage anybody listening to work on daily. Right. And I mean, that's, you know, like a lot of people, like we talk, you know, you're talking to a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid. What's it mean to be a man? They're like, well, I can't grow this cool beard like you. <laughs> yeah. you know, That has nothing to do with yeah. it, man. Nothing. No, it's nothing just at you all. like beards. Yeah. You know, Somebody asked
2: yeah. me that the other day. They said, what role does facial have, hair have to do with masculinity? I said, none. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's about what's inside of you and who you are and the actions you're taking and the accountability and responsibility you have in your own life. And then also the level of accountability and responsibility that you have for those you have stewardship over. So I'll use you as an example. You've got 100-plus employees. They're – That's your responsibility. Absolutely. And so your level of manliness is how well you're taking care of your employees. Yes, there is some personal stuff they need to do. Right. But you brought them in. I brought my family. That's
1: That's a hard line to balance, dude, especially when you really care about your employees. Like, sometimes they get themselves into shit that's not your fault. It really right, isn't. Right. You know what I mean? And you have to draw that line and say, well, that's not my
2: responsibility. Yep. That they went out and, and yeah, were financially whatever. Yeah.
1: irresponsible. You know
2: what I mean? Um, but again, though, go back to this is okay, let's say somebody goes out and financially irresponsible gets himself into trouble. And you might say, well, throw up my hands. That's not my fault. No. May not be your fault, but you know what? That doesn't serve you. Right. So what serves you is to make sure that your guys are financially responsible because financially responsible employees are going to be better employees. That's right. But that's a kind of a unique right. and an interesting way to look at well, it. Well, then you
1: got take it, it almost becomes a dad role, right? Right. For sure. I mean, that's that's the truth of being a, a leader and an entrepreneur is that you have to I man, I've done things for guys <clears throat> who have appreciated it and I've gone the extra mile and I've done things for people um, that I no owner would ever do for other guys, and they basically ended up, you know, totally not getting the lesson and just rubbing it, you know, basically screwing you in the long run. Yeah. Mm. Um, and as the owner of a business, you have to look at yourself and say, you know, I did what I knew
2: was right. Right. You
1: know what I mean? And somebody else didn't recognize that.
2: You know. What I, I think. Mean? Uh, we, I think you and I talked about this maybe on the podcast where you came on our show. Uh, I was, we put a late night in in Vegas for some work and I was with a business colleague and we drove up to the drive-thru in and out and a guy knocks on the window and the guy was obviously homeless and my buddy rolls down the window and he gets out all the change out of his change drawer, he gets out his pocket, pulls out all the cash and he gives the guy the money and the guy walks off and I said something like, oh, you know, he's probably going to spend that money on drugs or or whatever else it may be. And my friend said this, I'll never, ever forget it. And this is the lesson we're talking about today. He says, I'm not, responsible and accountable for what he does with it, I'm going to be held accountable for what I do and the actions I take and the way and the person that I am. Right. Man, that hit me so hard. Yeah. It was like a slap across the face. I actually felt bad that I said what I said. Right. But it's true. We're responsible for our own lives. And yeah, you know what? You've probably been burned. Right. I've been burned. But I can live with a clear exactly. conscience about it. Right. Exactly. Which you can take to the grave. Right. And some of those other money and those type of things <laughs> are can't. not. Right. And that's,
1: that's part of being... A lot of people don't think about that when they think about being a CEO, man, or think about being an entrepreneur or owning your own company. You know, um, a lot of people ask all the time, where do you get your drive from? Where do you get, why are you still so hungry? Why are you still pushing so hard? Because, dude, I, I push hard. Right. Like, you can ask anybody in this
2: office, man. Like, it's, it, I'm more intense than anyone. I was thinking that as, because like, I know you had this big <sighs> weekend trip and then coming back to this, I'm like, man, he's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that, yeah, right? Very no, tough. but the thing is, is that, People don't
1: think about that. They think about the fucking cars and they think about the money and they think about themselves. Right. But they don't realize is that dude, it comes when you get to a certain point in time, you're no longer working for those things. You're working for things for your, your guys. Mm. You're working for their financial well being. You're pushing them for them. And a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. You know, they don't think about that aspect or they discount it and they say, oh, you're full of shit. You're just doing it so you can get more. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, you know, I'm, at a certain point in time, if you're a decent human, you know, you, and you start to become successful, you're going to try to push harder so you, you can get a better level of success for the people who have helped you. Right. You know? Yeah, you want them. The more right.
2: they're successful. I mean, you can even talk about fathership when it comes to that. I, I, I coach my boys football team, basketball team, and baseball teams. I don't have to do that stuff. Right. I've got a thousand other things I could probably be doing. Right. But I do it because I'm serving them. Right. I want them to succeed. I want them to know I care about them. I want them to see me present and available. I want to teach those those little boys things that they wouldn't be able to learn on their own. That's my responsibility because I signed the dotted line that says I want to be a dad. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. the responsibility that comes with it. Right. You mm-hmm. got to take it. Right. So
0: Yeah, man. Hey, on that note, let me let me rewind for a second. You said one of the steps to developing your manhood was to be around really great people, the kind, of, the kind of man that you want to be, Definitely. and yet uh, you were telling me part of your story was growing up without a permanent father figure. I know our mutual friend here in the uh, studio, Larry Hagner of the Good Dad Project, has a similar story. Um, what would you say to people who say, um, I just don't have anybody around me? I mean... Well, first and foremost, that's, that's
2: absolutely not true. It's not true. There's so many people out there that want to help, I, again, going back to coaching, there's boys that are growing up without dads in their lives that I feel like I have this kind of quasi father relationship with because I know what it's like. So get involved with coaching and those sorts of things. Not only be, be involved with coaching, but, but be a mentor, get involved because there's other boys that need help that way. Uh, yeah. But this is also part of the. This is the selfish reason behind Order of Man and podcast. I now have access to literally thousands and millions of people that are extremely, extremely successful, like you guys. Right. I would have never been able to connect with you if I didn't go out and take action.
0: Yeah. That's, and I think that's, that's a key point, point: is that yeah.
2: you got to start taking action. You got to start doing some stuff. You got to start putting yourself out there. You got to start providing value for other people so that you can connect with those people as well. I learned a lot of the ma- the, the the masculine lessons that I've learned through. Uh, sports is, was a huge, huge component of that for me, and then in the military as well. But there are people around you, and for you to say, ah, oh, I just don't have that stuff is, again, a complete excuse. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. They're around. Mm-hmm. You just got to open your eyes, and you got to take the first step, and you got to be willing to make a phone call occasionally and say, hey, Andy, you know what? I know you're really good at this. That's not something I'm That's great at. That's give me some insights? to be
1: vulnerable, you know what yeah, I mean? You know, a lot sure. of people have that problem where they can't admit that they need some help. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so they do nothing. Right. And then they're mad because nobody helps them. Right. You know?
0: Right. Well, and then I, and I it's think also what, it's also glorified, too. That's a
1: hard thing for, for a man to do, I think. For mm-hmm. a lot of guys, I mean, a lot of guys, you have to be a really secure dude to be able to say, hey, look, I don't get this and I need some help. Right. That doesn't make you a pussy. That makes you a man. Right. Right. For sure. That's what guys misinterpret, you know? Like these dudes walk around all bowed out like they're all tough and shit. I don't need anybody, blah, blah, blah. Dude, that's the most insecure way you could possibly be.
2: This is, this is natural too. I mean, you go back thousands of years. What did we have? We had tribes. Why did we have tribes? To protect ourselves, to expand, to grow, to build, to take care of each other. And we did these things, but now we get into this almost lone wolf type thing right. where it's noble or it's virtuous and the media portrays it. I like, don't see that. You go at it alone. It's awesome. No, man. I see that as weakness.
1: I, I agree. I, I identify that attitude immediately. Like, I see it
0: immediately. Right. Like, this dude is weak. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know? What's, what's even more incredible and I think super encouraging to guys that are in that situation is that, like... People like you and and Larry, I mentioned Larry. In many cases, the guys that grew up without dads or without some male figure are way better men than the guys than some guys that did. You know, I mean, so it's not like it's not like you're automatically like, you know, consigned to a life of mediocrity of manhood if right. you don't have some of sort course. of male figure in your life. Of course, you know, it's it, going to take action on your yeah, part. Yeah, it's though. like Andy, you, no. you've often said that sometimes it's a, it's actually an asset to not have something because you have to work harder That's for right. it. It's yeah. always an asset to have adversity.
2: Right. Right? It's always always, a, always an asset to be the underdog. It's always about that last an asset. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good. I mean, you look at the most successful people on the planet, are the people who have overcome the most. The people who didn't overcome anything, you haven't heard about them. And the reason you haven't heard about them is because they're not worth anything. Right. Right. <laughs> they don't have any lessons to impart, right. and any most, wisdom to share with you. And dude, most people
1: look and you know, and I, I spoke about this recently as well. They look for the easiest way to go. When in reality, if you're presented with two paths and you've got one that's easy and one that's hard, you should take the hard path. And people people say, "Oh, Andy, why the fuck would I do that?" Because that's what's going to make you stronger in right. the long run. Right. And you have to adopt that mentality that I'm trying to win long
2: term. I'm not trying to just get by today. Yep. It's the short game versus the long exactly. game. Yeah, the easy path is good for the next hour or the next year. Yeah. What about the next 40 years? That's right. Yep. And, dude,
1: everybody's guilty of it. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I mean, dude, I'm work, like we talked about the transformation thing. We're doing this big thing at first form right now. Uh, my transformation starts today about, you know, being real with yourself. You know, like I've – how many times over the last two years when I've gained 60 pounds – did I take the fucking easy road? Of course. Every time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I know I took the easy road every time and I could be honest with myself and say, dude, now you fucked yourself and you're going to have to go you're going to have to take the really hard road yeah. now. Yeah. And that's that could go for your physical, it could go for your financial, it could go for your relationships, it could go for anything. You know, and we all none of us are 100% strong 100% of the time. In fact, I would argue that everybody has their areas they struggle. And everybody has their areas they need help. And I think being a great man is being able to say, hey, look, I am really having trouble in this area. Right. And trying to find somebody that is stronger than them in that area to help work, help them work through. I agree. There, there, there is not – it's not appealing or attractive or beneficial in any way to be the guy who is everything to everybody. And, oh, I'm the – dude, pe- we all – all of us, we look at that dude and we're like, yeah, right, dude. Yeah, you know, you know he's full of crap. All of us know that. (laughs) All women know that. Women are like, dude, this guy's what the fuck? You know what I mean? (laughs) So like, the macho thing is not like. I want to clarify this because that a lot of people think being a man is being like overly macho, right? I mean, what do you say about that?
2: Yeah, no, it's not. It's a. It's it all comes back to, again, just taking ownership of your life, finding vulnerabilities, improving those things. I think the world. I don't want to say conspiring, but I think the world wants to teach you things. And so some people say world, but if you if you have faith, you might say God, but somebody's transpiring to teach you things, and you're going to learn the lesson at some point. And if you keep making the mistake, or you don't find people to help you with that lesson, or you can't figure it out yourself, you're going to keep repeating those lessons over or those mistakes over and over and over again. And the only difference is, is that that problem compounds the longer you delay it. Right. Uh, no the question longer that you wait. Right. So address it now. And this is what it comes down to being, being being a man, be a man. Right. We hear that term man up, man up doesn't mean the macho thing that you're talking about. Right. Man up means face that challenge head on, look at it straight in the eye, figure out what you need to do to overcome that obstacle. And when I say man up, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Right. And, and realize too,
1: like man up, you're not going to be great at something when you start it, when you start a business, you're not going to be, you know, Steve Jobs. When you start a workout program, you're not going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? You you have to be you have to be able to accept, you know, and humility, have, be humble enough to say, you know what, I'm just starting out, but I'm going down this path, right? You know, and and you know, we talk about the different traits that make and create respect for a man, dude. Being humble and saying, hey, I am just starting this, but I'm going to do this, dude. You have no that creates a million times more respect from the people around you than the guy who's like, "Oh, dude, I fucking, I'm not doing that right. because of blah," or "I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be the best," or blah blah blah. Or that's stupid. You know what I mean? The typical man shit that a lot of guys quote. I'm saying quote unquote man shit.
2: Right. You know. There's a uh, there's a Latin phrase that I I really really like, and it is, "I will find a way or make one." And if finding a way means that I have to be humble and reach out to Andy or reach out to this guy or reach out to this person or i need to put aside my pride right find a way or make one whatever you have to do to overcome the task at hand is what's going to distinguish you as a, being a real man yeah mm-hmm. yeah man
1: it's it, it it's it's a good thing to think about i know like you asked me this on your podcast you know what does it mean to be a man so i'm going to ask you that too because yeah. you've heard this from Countless numbers of guests You've heard this perspective from um, From You know On every podcast Ryan asks At the end In all fairness He gives you the hour to think about it I do like, I, it, I try to He asked me in the beginning Alright I'm going to ask you this question But I want Because I want you to think about it and, and the question is What does it mean to be a man? And, and I had honestly And I was honest about it, I had never really thought about that yeah. You know I I never I never thought about it Like I don't, I don't know why. I just didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, but hearing the, 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 the perspectives that you've heard and hearing and developing your own perspective, what does it mean to be a man?
2: I think we've been talking about it for an hour or yeah. whatever it is today. So accept it's, responsibility for yourself. Become self-aware of your actions and what you want to be. And then the other component of that, though, is taking care of those that you signed up to take care of. Right. So for me, for example, I signed up to take care of my wife. Right. I signed up to take care of my kids. I signed up to take care of my employees. I signed up to take care of some kids in my neighborhood. Right. And so part of me being a man is being responsible for them. being Fulfilling those for obligations. Them. Absolutely. Right. And, 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 and we have a term in our church, magnify your calling, which is to not just sneak by with the minimum required effort. Right. But to do everything you absolutely can with all of your heart and all of your energy to make yourself a success, your family's success, your business a success—that's what it requires. Right. Yeah. I think uh, another thing I like,
1: uh, you know, is, is fulfilling your obligations. You know, I, I think keeping your word is such a huge part that people lack these days. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would add that to that. You know, it's if you say you're going to do something, do it. Right. You know, if there's some reason that you can't do it and you can't do what you said, make it right somehow. You know, I think fulfilling obligations is a big part of, of uh, and we talked about this last night too. I mean, your ultimate goal, tell people a little bit about your ultimate goal, about what you're wanting to do with Order of
2: Man. My goal is to create the world's largest fraternity. I don't care if you call it a fraternity or a society or an organization. And we're not talking about pounded order. beers and like, no. yeah, paddling each other on the butt. No, right? no. Know? We're talking about guys getting together virtually, being part of this community, getting involved, being vulnerable. Being willing to share what's working, being willing to share what isn't working, uh, gaining knowledge and power and strength from what everybody else has gone through, and supporting and uplifting each other. Right? Could you imagine if we cared about our neighbors and we cared about our community and we cared about this country as much as we care about ourselves? Sometimes. Right. I mean, we'll do things for ourselves, but we won't do things for our neighbor who happens to be struggling with something. Right. Why? Why is that? And if we can uplift that person. Then that person's gonna uplift the next person. That person's gonna uplift the next person. It's gonna be insane. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Can, can and I? Can I, do that? can I
0: also add that there are seriously practical economic benefits from that? Of somebody course. Just, somebody just told me the other day that that uh, right now in 2016 we spend millions of dollars uh, hiring or and employing social workers whose sole job is basically to check on old people to make sure that they haven't died because they live alone. Fifty years ago. We didn't even have to do that. No. Why? Because people checked on each other. Right, people did the right thing. Other. Yeah, they did the yeah. right thing. They checked on each other. So, so I mean, it's not just the right thing to do, you know, being a good man. I mean, there are economic benefits, there are, you know, relational benefits, all sorts of things. Dude, the economic benefits
1: go far beyond what you're talking about, okay? Yeah. Being a good person, being a good man, and, like, if you're a woman, there's be a good woman, okay? It's not just, no. these principles right. apply to being a good woman, right. too, so if you're a woman and you know, you're listening. It's the same thing for you guys. Um, you know, we're talking about core value principles of being a good person. Um, the, the, the economic benefits of doing that, that's what I've been talking about for, for years. Okay. It's when you bring value, you get value back. All right. And if you can come out and help, you know, and every time I say this, man, you know, it's not about selling, it's about helping, Dude, people do business with people that they like. They do business with people that they respect. They do business with friends. And when you go out in your community, and let's say you're a small business owner, and every big business started as a small business. So if your goal is to own a big business, you know this you doesn't start not, somewhere. Right, you've got to start at grassroots. Right. And you know um, the the community support you create is not going to be from asking them for support. It's going to be from contributing. To each and every one of those people in every way that you can over the course of time. And a lot of people don't put that together. You know, it's it's doing things, helping somebody move, uh, helping them start their business, giving them a shout out on your social media. Right. I mean, you know, uh, going to the hospital when, they, when their kid was born, caring about mm-hmm. the people around you and immediately in your community. If you want to start a small business, that's where it starts. Yeah. So I mean the economic benefits of being a good person and creating value and doing the right thing there it's not a it's not a it's not the icing on the cake it's the foundation that you're building your whole entire life
2: upon well they go along the same thread of that I think when we talk about the economic implications of of what it is we're talking about today I think it's easy for us to by default and naturally go to less people be in prison and there'll be less welfare and things like that but but what you're talking about here is that, if I don't serve these people, right. who is not going to create a business? Who is that person not going to be able to hire? Who, what problem is that person not going to be able to solve because you weren't willing to step up for your neighbor right. and do what they needed help with? right? right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're not just eliminating cost because we have now lost opportunity cost, which is what is the potential of a human? right? Unlimited if you can allow them to tap into it. A lot of people hear what I'm saying and they think, oh, Andy, well, that's just manipulation.
1: You're just doing that so it serves yourself. No, because it serves everybody. Right. You know what I mean? And everybody, you know, we call them the asterisk holes. Everybody can find fault with everything, right? (laughs) Like like there's always an asterisk to everything. And there's going to be people who hear what I just said a minute ago and they're going to be like, oh, you're just manipulating. Isn't that just manipulation? You should want to do it without expecting anything in return. Yeah, you don't expect anything in return. I'm just telling you it comes. Right, you know, right. by default, right? Yeah, it's just right. a principle. Right, it goes around, comes around. Karma. Does. I mean, you Dude, call it whatever you want. I, you know, <clears throat> I've just seen too many things in my life that I believe that karma works itself out a hundred percent of the time. Yes, I, I just, you know, some people are like, oh, that's that's a Buddhist belief or whatever. It's Buddhist, right? I don't,
2: I don't, I don't
1: know. know. I, all I know, it's become an American term. Let's be real. Um, people say you know, oh, you know, it's hocus pocus, it's this, it's that. Dude, I've never seen somebody ever, ever, ever who's successful long-term that doesn't continually do more than what they get in return. I just haven't seen it. Right. You know, and people say, what about Donald Trump? Do you know how many fucking people that guy's helped in his life? You know how much money that dude's given to charity? You know how many causes that guy's built? And dude, that guy's helped more people than you or I or anything that anybody that listening to this will ever do.
2: To help people, and and they and sit, then how many people he's hired, and how many ta- how much taxes he's paid, and all of the things that dude, he's... yeah right I agree, and people don't think about that. They see him driving
1: around in a private jet, and they they think oh rich fuck, no that dude's done more good than you'll ever do well times but, a million. But even just strip that that and I know we get a lot of, we got a lot of people who don't like Donald Trump, but I'm just using that as an example. Take any business person, all right. Take Steve Jobs, take Bill Gates, any of these guys. It's all the same. They do way more than what they
2: get back. Right. But even just strip out the – you talk about the jet. Even just strip that out for a minute. Think about that concept. He's got a jet that has probably two pilots. Somebody built that jet and fed their family because they built that jet, right? And then the fuel and what the taxes that were paid from that. And where did he go? Well, he went to this business to help this business grow. Right. And, and that business right now have employees. he wrote a check to help them. Exactly. Right. So I, I mean, mean, dude. Look, man. People see things the way they want
1: to see them, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. But yeah, I know. I know how I choose to see them, and I choose to see them from a winner's viewpoint. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know like, if
2: you can choose how you're going to view it, that's right. <laughs> you might as well, yeah. do it that way. Right.
1: Like, look. Look at all the good this person's doing. Yeah. And do do they not deserve to live a life of whatever it is they choose? I think. I think people like that deserve it.
0: Mm-hmm. And earned it. Yeah, guys. Uh, if you want to check out this episode on the website, it's themfceo.com forward slash p forty four. And uh, you can have also, of course, listen to the uh, episodes on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And I, I have to ask. I want to ask you a really practical question, Ryan. As you, you know, pursue this whole endeavor of becoming the best possible man, what are? I mean, just literally give me specific examples. What are some resources, like your favorite books, favorite websites, not just for being a man, but being a like a great dad or a father? Um, which is the same thing, a dad and a father. Yes. But like, throw out some books. Throw no, out some websites. Uh, that's good no, that's a good the point. That's a good point. It's not the same thing. Uh,
1: wow. Anybody could be a fucking dad.
0: That's true.
2: Not everybody could be a father.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Not well, the that's same a thing. Good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Uh, let's see, resources. Um, or maybe the other way around, considering how you, how you how However you want to look at we, Right. We know what you mean. Right. Yeah. Right. Anybody could... Put a
1: seed up the, the, the old tube, you know? Right. But yeah. not everybody can raise, a, raise somebody to be a man.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, resources. Man, that's good putting me on the spot. I, you know, I read so much. I'm trying to think if there's one particular book. I, you, just my, consume his, as much his, He as told me can. last night his main resource is the MSEO project. That's project. true. Well, I just thought that's that one without saying. Yeah.
0: Like, he, guys but but what he did stuff, tell right? me after you left when we were driving <laughs> home is he kind of fast forwards through your stuff to, <laughs> to, 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 to my little – Oh, he does? Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah just the, L- just the little interjections. and the there. And yeah. Just, yeah, the few yeah. comments. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just an idiot who uses yeah. too many
1: F-bombs.
2: You know what? I think the best resource is, is just find the one that works for you. Now, I'm not going to yeah. give anything specific, but there's so much information about there, and you've got to consume it. And and we don't consume enough. We've got to read books. We've got to listen to podcasts. We've got to connect with other people, and just make time in your day. Carve out time in your day to read, to listen to podcasts, to connect with guys that are important to you that you want to connect with. I promise your life's yeah. going to
0: be enriched when you do that. Yeah. And your buddy here has a pretty good podcast
2: too. He does. He's good dad. Yeah, that's right. The Good Dad Project, Larry Hagner. So if you guys haven't checked that out, the, I'd definitely. Recommend I would li- that. I
1: would like to add to that though because I think a lot of people only consume information they agree with. I think it's very important to consume information that you necessarily w- might not think you agree with for the, for the purpose of growing. Mm-hmm. You know You need to be able to question your own beliefs and this goes into being self-aware. You know you need to, to hear other people's opinions, you know, see where they're coming from because everybody has their own worldview and their own perspective of where you know <clears throat> where they lie and how things are. And just listening to shit that you only agree with, it's not gonna force you to grow. Right. So it's important to consume, you know, if you're a conservative thinker, you know, go out and read some some more liberal minded things. If you're a liberal thinker, go out and read some more conservative minded things. You might not agree with all of it, but try to understand the perspective mm-hmm. because that's gonna force growth. And I think, you know, I mean, you just look on Facebook and everybody's identifying let's just take politics for for the example. Everybody identifies I'm Republican. I'm Democrat, right. fuck each other, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong. And they scream and yell at each other. Dude, you're not considering the perspectives that those people have, where they were raised, how what they were taught, how they grew up. And the reality is, is we're all on the same team. So when you try to only take in the information that you agree with, all you're do- doing is furthering your ignorance, in right. my opinion. Right. You know what I mean? Because nobody's 100% right. Everybody has bits and pieces that are right. Everybody has bits and pieces that they don't know that they probably feel like are right. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, you know, what you're saying in personal development, you know, take time every day to listen to a podcast, listen to a, to read a book, to, to, to dedicate yourself. And I, I find that hour, you know, a day minimum, um, is like one of the major differences that separates successful people from unsuccessful. Right. Um, you know, when I ask unsuccessful, not unsuccessful, okay, but People who want to be successful that aren't there yet, you know, they're like, man, I'm doing this, I'm that. well, how many books are you reading? What are you watching? What are you doing? Oh, I'm watching TV. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> watching this. I'm not reading anything. I don't like reading. You know, th- that's the shit they say. And it's, it's a di- you know, if you're looking for a secret, you know, being able to dedicate that time to personal development on a regular basis and different perspectives makes you stronger. And that's going to make you more educated, which is going to make you more valuable. Mm-hmm. So, you know to you guys listening out there, like to your buddy, like who you said lost $20,000, you know, like I'm, I'm, I was making fun of him earlier, but the reality is he, he's letting something that he doesn't like keep him from learning. Right. You know what I mean? And think how ignorant that is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You you know what I mean? No question. So yeah, I totally agree. You know,
1: just because you don't like something doesn't mean you won't learn something. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, only to, what I've experienced. Even if it's something you don't agree with, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to walk away with a new perspective. Right. And some new information, or
1: it's going to reinforce your perspective, reinforce
2: your your position, right? And you're going to and both is a win, right? Exactly. Yeah, one is a win. You're not going to lose
1: time by spending it listening to other side's you know
0: ideas, right? Right. So but which which. I would add, just, I mean, this is what you're saying. Real men don't get easily offended. No. They can they can sift through the good and the bad. They can respond to something that they, they disagree with, and and they're not threatened. Well, oh, I told you guys yeah. about the first time yeah.
2: I heard your show. Like, I turned yeah, your show and right. I remember exactly where I was. I saw this show on New and Noteworthy. I'm like, oh, let me listen to this. And I pulled it up. I'm like, what? Who is this guy? Right, right, right. Is this right. guy for real? Right. And I listened to it. I listened to it, I'm like, yeah, he's kind of right with this stuff. I listened right. to it a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, right. yeah, this guy's right on. Right. And, and so, yeah, exactly. Well, and
1: the thing is, is like, you know, like, let's say, let's just use the cursing because that seems to be the thing people, um, they don't like that. Some, I mean, most people listening like it, but, you know, or at least, you know, it doesn't offend them. Right. But let's let's be real, okay? That's how I speak. On microphone, in person, in front of 150 Mormons. It doesn't matter. That's who I am, and that's how I speak. And if you if that gets in the way of your being able to learn the lessons that, that we talk about here with our guests and, and you know, that's something that's, that's going to keep you back not forward. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you have to look past certain things sometimes, you know, maybe you don't like the way somebody runs their business. Maybe you don't like the the posts they make online. You know, there's people that I, I see posts on the internet all the time that, that, that I don't like, but there's still lessons to be learned
0: there. You right. know what I
1: mean? And um,
0: the old saying is, even a broken clock is right twice a day. I I, I, I live mm. by that. It's 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 even people that you think are fundamentally wrong or broken, they're still going to be right sometimes. Well, no,
1: and like oh, I, I get this a lot too. People are like, oh, dude, you curse just to be cool. No, that's yeah. just how I speak. No.
0: Yeah, that literally you know? really is. Yeah. You
1: know, and uh, you might be a um, you know, <clears throat> like Emily's dad. Like Emily's dad is one of the best men that I know. Dude, he's a hard working guy. He's he's responsible. He sets a great example. You know, he doesn't curse. I still cursed and, and and he he'll curse sometimes, but it's like when he's really mad, you know. But the point is is you know, he doesn't say, Oh, Andy, you're a shithead for cursing. He just says, you know, that's that's I choose not to and that's how you choose to. And that's right. just it. And
2: you don't need to change it for me. I don't curse either. Right. And I don't need to change it for you. Right, exactly. And both of us can have a great conversation. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But
1: you know, when you it, Cursing is just the example we're using. You know, a lot of people look at way more petty things than that. Like, a lot of people won't listen to people because, like, and let's just be real. They won't listen to a guy speaking because he's black. Yeah. And they think he's a liberal. Or they won't listen to a guy. They won't listen to, quote, unquote, rich white guy Donald Trump because I'm black. Right. You know what I mean? Right. How much are we leaving on the table by doing that as, as Americans? Yeah. You know? it's it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage anybody listening to this, you know, even if you know even if it's something you think you might not agree with don't be afraid to consume something anyway because it's going to help either like you said it's going to reinforce your perspective or it's going to makes you say hey if you're man enough yeah
2: humble enough right,
1: right it's going to make you say hey you know what i hadn't really thought about that i hadn't really thought about what it's like to be a uh, to be somebody who was raised this way or raised that way you know right. i hadn't considered that right. cuz we're all different man we all see things different right so
0: Ryan as we uh, approach the home stretch i want to go way back to something you said earlier okay. and just kind of piggyback on it and i want to hear what you have to say about this so you said that one of the things you tell the guys all the time is you know figure out what you want and then you know go do it and of course get this all the time from young guys especially young guys i don't know what i want and one of the things that i've told a lot of young guys that i've you know met and been friends with over the over the years is dude you don't need the plan for your life but you need a plan, right? You agree? Totally
2: agree. So I've get, I get a question a lot of times. What does order man look like in five years or what does it look like in 10 years? And if I'm being truthful, the answer is, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like next week, let alone in five years. I know what I want it to look like. I know what I want to do, and I'm willing to work towards it. But you know what? Something's going to happen this afternoon or tomorrow. That's going to change my perspective on the way I run my business or the way my family operates or whatever it may be. And I've got to be willing to adapt. But you're never going to figure out what you want out of life unless you're willing to take at least one step. Right? Just take this, the first step. That skill that
1: you're talking about, that is entrepreneurship. Yes. Okay? What you are And this is an entrepreneurship show. Today we talk about some culture issues. But what you just said, this is a perfect example of how the principles of entrepreneurship apply to your life. Okay? Entrepreneurship is no different than what you just said. It is figure out a plan, move towards that plan. And along the way, things are going to happen and you're going to adjust your path right, left or right or up or down to get towards where you want to go. And just moving towards where you want to go, that plan that you think that d- on the first day will evolve into something else in two years. And then it'll evolve into something else two more years. So to say, this is exactly where I want to be is okay, but you have to understand that that's going to change and your path is not going to be straight. I think people think that about starting a business that they need to have this perfect plan and this perfect path, and it's gonna have no road bumps, and I'm gonna go from A to Z perfectly, and it just doesn't work that way. And it doesn't work that way with your life either. Right. Things are gonna happen. Your life, somebody's going to die. Somebody's gonna get pregnant. You know, somebody's gonna you're gonna have a sickness. You're gonna have this, you're gonna have that. Your job as a human is to pick the life that you want, not just the business you want. And to go that way, and when things don't work out the way that you want, you make adjustments. And that is it's the same in your life. It's the same in entrepreneurship. And that's why I love entrepreneurship so much, and that's why I love speaking about it, because it Mm -hmm. ties in to everything about your life. You know, it's the exact same parallel.
0: And I don't think a lot of people think of, oh, a key component of masculinity is adaptability, but that's exactly what you're saying. Just the ability Ad- to, to...
1: Adaptability is the key component, component to life. Yeah. It's being able to accept change, to make change, and to move forward regardless of what those changes are. Same thing in a business.
2: Hmm. And it's I would life. add to that too, decisiveness. I think a lot of people out there are just unaf- or are unwilling to That's why afraid. they never start. Exactly. Right. It's like, well, should I do this or this? Pick one and do it. Right. And if it doesn't work out, pick the other one tomorrow. But be decisive about it and start moving forward. Right. It's it's
1: it's it's paralysis by analysis. We mm-hmm. talk about you know that all the time. It's, right. I can't decide what I want, you know, so I choose nothing. The paradox of choice. You
0: know? Ryan, Ryan, you, you told me last night that you're a Mormon. Sometimes religious people have a real problem with this because they're so paralyzed. They want to know what, quote unquote, God's will is. And I, one of the monks that I knew in my life had a great saying. He's like, sometimes God wants us to swing at a wild pitch. I agree with that.
2: You know, here's a perspective I have about, so yes, I am Mormon, and here's a perspective I have about God, is that we hear things like fate or God has a plan for us, and although I recognize God's hand in my life, I also know that God has already given me every tool that I need to be successful, and now it's my responsibility to utilize the tools that I've been blessed with in a way that's going to enrich my life, the way that I see fit, because He has faith in me, that I'll do it the way that's best for me and my family, which is a perspective I think a lot of people think. If it's if it's God's will, I don't subscribe to that. If it's God's will, no, that's, that's hiding.
1: That's hiding. Yes, that's I, hiding. Agree.
2: I agree. We have talked about that before. Passivity. That's yeah. an excuse
0: for passivity. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I definitely believe that. You know, I in my own life try to seek God's will, but that's, course. that you don't use that as an ex- excuse. God wants you to be, be happy nothing. and be successful, so He's right. giving you the tools. Now Look, use them. I've right. said
1: this. I think I've said this. On the podcast Where I know I've said it to you before Dude You're you're a dad You have a son Do you not want your son To be as successful as possible It's the same thing with God
2: Of course
1: Period Now if you go around And you know Spend your success On hookers and cocaine He's probably not Gonna be real happy about it (laughs) Exactly (laughs) But the truth of the matter is Is we're responsible for us And this is where I get really pissed off About people that Shit on success And they're You cannot fucking help people Unless you're successful first Yeah you know, oh, oh I can go make sandwiches for the homeless. Well, you know what? If you were successful, you could start a sandwich factory for the homeless. Right. All
2: right. So don't give me that shit about, you know Or spend all day doing it because right. you've got the money to do it. Right. Yes, this, exactly. this is
0: this is really I'm I'm actually not being sarcastic. This is what I love about this show. Like we we cover every conceivable topic and show how the basic principles that we're talking about apply to everything. Yeah. It doesn't they matter do. if we're business or or, or relationships Or, well, that's or the nature, religion And that's know? the
1: nature of, of most of my speaking engagements Yeah You know If you guys get a chance To come hear me speak You're not going to hear me speak About making a trillion dollars You're going to hear me speak About how to use The principles of that Will not only help you Become successful in that area But also How all the other issues Tie together As a whole Yeah And that's not a message I've heard many people talk about Yeah So Or anybody Well how you want to How you want to wrap up boss? Uh you know what? First of all, thanks for making the trip in, Ryan. I Thank appreciate it, man. If you awesome. guys, yeah, if you guys have not listened to his podcast, you need to be listening to it.
2: Uh, orderofman.com.
0: What are uh, your social media contacts?
2: Uh, you can find us on Facebook. I'm pretty active on Facebook, active on Instagram. Both at Order of Man. And he's telling me I didn't. We're gonna get, to get, him get him on Snap here, so yeah. we'll we'll right. probably be looking at that here pretty quick.
0: Yeah. You have but, a you uh, have a closed Facebook group. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you request
2: yeah. access to that. Uh, we can get you access, but we're having a, we've got eighteen hundred guys in there right yeah. now, and we're having some amazing conversations about what it means to be a man. There
0: are, however, exceptions. If you have ovaries, you cannot be this in that. This is true. Facebook. This is exclusive to men. Yes, it is. So you're horrible. I I
2: am a horrible person. A you know chauvinist. what? Though we talked about this on the way yeah. over here. It's because you're Mormon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the Mormon guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, I got to be careful because that's uh, there's a lot of misconceptions. I know. And joking. I'm surprised nobody's asked me how many wives I have yet because I get that. We question already about. asked Sean Whalen. Okay, that. so you so yeah, yeah, yeah. you've already dressed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have one wife. That was, that was the
0: joke. <laughs> that's all I can yeah.
1: handle. So you Mormon and you women.
0: <laughs> um, Actually, can you take a second before we wrap up just to tell a little bit about the online uh, group? I think guys would be very interested – excuse me, men would be very interested in learning a little bit more about your your Elite Mastermind group. Yeah, you bet. So we've got Elite Mastermind. We do
2: a virtual uh, weekly call, and we talk about anything from how to develop and build relationships to – how to master yourself to fitness? I mean, everything that's going to be important to men. We talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have accountability partners. I call battle buddies because I was in the military, and that's the term we use. So you're actually assigned to another member of the mastermind that you hold each other accountable. You're talking about goals. You're talking about the things that you want, and you're making sure each other are doing the things that you said you were going to do. And then we have daily challenges as well. So that's Iron Councils. Our now, elite is, is that is that
0: closed right now or no? Can it's guys open. Get into it's it. open. So, so if
2: if somebody's interested, I'd love to have them take. Take a look at that. You can learn more. It's order of slash iron council. And you cool. can learn a little bit more about it there.
1: Um, you know, I think just to wrap it up uh, guys, you know, <clears throat> if you're listening to this and you're hearing what we're talking about, we talk about taking responsibility, uh, being self-aware, uh, doing the right thing, you know, don't discount the value of that because I know like when I was a young man, I would hear stuff like that and I'd be like, oh, that's bullshit. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm telling you as the most cynical, like like I've gone from somebody that I was very not proud to be now looking back. I thought I was the shit back then. You know, cocky young business guy uh, who thought he knew everything. You know, my business didn't grow until I started understanding the things that we talked about today. You know, I went 10 years Um, making the first three years making $0 the next seven years making $695 a month. Okay. And a lot of guys are like, wow, that's grinding. That's grinding. And it is true. It is grinded. But let me tell you the reason that was, and the reason it took so long is because I was not man enough to be self-aware and take care of the things and, and realize the things that we talked about on this one show. So if you're a young, cocky dude and you think you're a baller and you're posting pictures of fucking dollar bills and shit on your Instagram, I'm, you know, like, dude, if you're that guy, dude, you need to check yourself right now because I'm going to tell you, not only is it going to make you a better person, but it's going to make you more money and more success in the long run. And it's going to start today. You know, I wasted a lot of my life, man. I mean, dude, I've never been a bad person. I've just been a person who was very bullheaded, very stuck in my ways, very, um, you know, focused on what I thought the way it should be. And I spent a lot of my life beating my head against the wall because I wasn't open to the things that we talked about today. So, you know, before you discount this episode and think, Oh man, this episode, blah, blah, blah. You probably need to listen to it three or four more times mm-hmm. and really let it sink in. So, yeah. um, with that being said, guys, I do want to close today with a thank you for <clears throat> all of you guys listening. Um, you know, I want to ask you for something too. I don't ask for things very often, but I want to ask for something today. If you think that the MSCO project has helped you, because I get a lot of emails saying this, if you think that the MSCO project has helped you or, or helped change your perspective or, or given you value in any way, I would ask that you please tell one other friend about it. Okay. Not tag other friends, make a phone call, shoot a text, you know, tell one person. That's all I ask. Um, we're trying to start a movement we're trying to do a lot of good things for people and um, and it's gonna start with you guys being our soldiers so thank you so much for the support thank you for all all everybody that's listening right now um hopefully I'll get to meet you all sometime in the near future um, and that's it take your day off.